0: Second Peter three, verse number eighteen. If there's ever a sermon that you wanted to hear again, we record each message on Sunday morning, and you can listen to these once again on uh, sermon audio or podcast. You just type in the name of our church, and they will come up. Second Peter three. And verse number 18, our verse says this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, you'd help now as I preach. I pray, God, that you would make this truth very, very clear. Lord, help us to grow in grace. Far too often we're frustrated with our life, fearful, fearful, Sometimes we can run away. We can run away from you. We can get mad at you. But Lord, I pray that today we would realize that we are being called to grow. Thank you for your kindness and mercy in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God says simply grow in grace grow in grace growth is not necessarily just more information growth is not necessarily the latest program or behavioral modification growth is not brainwashing or becoming a simpleton growth is based on God's grace we're going to look just a moment in the life of Peter. Now we can see we're in second Peter. Okay. God used Peter to write to these two books of the Bible. We're going to look back into his life. Let's go to Mark chapter number eight. Mark chapter number eight. Okay. I encourage you to bring your Bible or have your Bible with you downloaded on your phone so you can find these verses. Mark eight thirty-three. I don't want you just to take my word for it, right? Our faith should not rest in pastor reading some verses or putting some verses up on the screen. And we do that from time to time, and that's great. Okay, but you can take your Bible home with you. You can mark it on your app if you're using digital, and you can find it later, okay? And it will be a help to you. Mark chapter number 8. chapter 9 that's why I wasn't reading right okay there we go good got it well we're going to start in verse 27 it's so important when we're looking at a verse right to look at the context it's no we're not just going to look at one line we need to look and say okay what were the circumstances when when Jesus made this statement or when this person made this statement that's just being fair to them right and that kind of helps us understand exactly what's going on okay So we're going to look at just kind of a situation here in Peter. Now we're going to see a really high in Peter's life, a really spiritual high, right? Where he's crushing it. I mean, he's just doing such a good job. And then uh, almost immediately after that, he makes a giant mistake. Okay. And I think we can all identify with that. Some days, and even from some moment to moment, we think, man, I'm doing so good and I'm growing and everything seems to be going great. And then an hour later, 30 minutes later, or the next week, it's just Just right, you know, we just, wow, what, what, what in the world? What just happened? Okay, so look at verse 27. It says, And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. By the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, and some say Elias, and others, one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. Now, in another gospel, he says it fully where thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I mean, just boom. Here's this amazing insight and this amazing statement. That was Peter's moment. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked the simple question. And with this amazing insight that God gave him, he boldly declared, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah that we have been waiting for for thousands of years. You are him. We believe in you. Verse 30. And he charged them that they should tell no man. And he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things, This is where he's starting to teach Peter. Okay, you understand I'm the Messiah. Let me tell you what the Messiah is to come for. Let me tell you what I'm going to do, Peter. Let me teach you who I am, really. I know you know some things about me from your teaching as a Jewish man in the Jewish culture, and you know the scriptures, you've been to synagogue, and Peter's followed Jesus faithfully up to this point. And so he he perceives some things and he understands some things. And guys, listen, he's got some things right. Matter of fact, he's got the most important thing right. And I'm assuming the same is true for you in your life. You've got some things that you're doing right. You understand some things. You've grown to a certain degree of maturity in your Christian walk. But then Jesus says, okay, I'm going to try to teach you a little bit more. And he says in verse 31, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now he's teaching them the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He's giving them the gospel. He's making it very, very clear. And it's not that they didn't believe that he was the Messiah and that this was going to happen and he was going to pay for their sins. It was just, maybe they didn't quite understand it was going to happen at this time, or maybe there was a little bit of confusion there. But regardless, when Jesus starts to really line out and say, okay, this is where I'm taking you next. This is what's going to happen next. Let me, let me guide you into what's going to take place next on the timeline, Peter. He says, I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be falsely accused. And then he says, I'm going to be killed. And then he says, I'm going to rise again. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, look at Peter's response here. Verse 32. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him. Notice the language, guys. Peter takes Jesus. Whoa. Danger. You're always getting in the danger zone when you start to be aggressive with God. When you start to correct him, and this is what he's about to do. I understand some things here, Jesus. I was so right a couple of minutes ago. And now you're trying to say this is going to happen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me, let me get you back on the right track. You ever done that to God? You ever you ever felt that way in your, in your walk of faith? You ever felt like God was grown you up to a certain point and you were comfortable with that? You're okay with where you were? You felt strong? You felt good? You had that validation even from God, that peace. You're doing good. You're doing right. I mean, you're finding that rhythm. You're coming to church. You're reading your Bible. You're praying. You even witness to people occasionally. I mean, you seem you seem to you've you've cleaned your life up by God's grace to a certain degree, to a certain point. Your everything's going a certain direction. And then all of a sudden, bam, a circumstance happens in your life. That person said that. Your boss said that. Your spouse said that. This situation happened, and it's as if God, the direction that I anticipated. This going in my walk of faith is now very different. It's a death. By the way, it's as if he didn't even really even think about the resurrection part. He just heard death, rejection, and death. Jesus says, No, I'm going to rise again. Peter's like, Yeah, I'm not hearing that. All I heard was rejection and death. Peter took him and began to rebuke him Jesus, let's get you back on track. Jesus, let's get back on the way that my life was supposed to go. Hello. You ever felt like that? The way your life was going is not the direction you thought it was going to go? Of course. Of course. But I'm following God now. So things are going to happen like this. Disappointment, frustration. In this particular case, I mean, guys, shock. Just, whoa. To the to, He's so upset that he's taking Jesus and saying, no, well, come on now, let me correct. And you, you see his finger. Little, I mean, I, Jesus in, in bodily form, there he is standing there. And Peter's saying, no, come on, Jesus, let's get back on track now because you know that's not the way it's supposed to go correcting God verse 33 but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples Jesus so he's listening to Peter and then he turns his back on Peter and, be, and addresses all of his disciples because they're hearing all of this they're seeing all of this we get in the picture he rebuked Peter you know Peter you don't get to rebuke me In love, in kindness, you need a rebuke, Peter. You need correct. You need to be corrected. He said, get thee behind me. What does he say? Satan? Peter, thou art the Christ. Get thee behind me, Satan. How can you go from one side to the other so quickly? How can it be in Christianity that it can seem to work out so well sometimes? Almost to the point where faith seems like it's this predictable process. Pray, boom. Obey, boom. Give, boom. Blessings, joy, grace. Then all of a sudden, wham. Whoa, that's not what I thought. Some people are like Jonah in the Old Testament. Everything's going pretty good for prophet Jonah until he gets a new assignment. (laughs) The new assignment is go to that people group that you really, really hate that are the most violent and awful people in all of that known world and go preach to them that they need to repent and trust in God so that they can have mercy. And Jonah's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And he ran the opposite direction. Some people are like Jonah. Some people are like Peter, where they're like, God, no, I'm not. And they try to have a showdown with God. They try to have a battle of the wills. This is kind of Peter's personality, you can see, if you do a whole study on Peter. This is personality, guys. we well, personalities. Some of us are fighters. Oh, yeah? You think you, okay, yeah, you want to go, God? Let's go. Guys, let me just, you know, give you a hint. He's going to win. He's going to win. Other people are like Jonah, where, oh, that's the way it's going to be. This is the direction we're going now. Yeah, I'm out, and they run. Why do some people come to church for a bit? And then you never see him again. Sometimes they're like Jonah. Church is working out for them, they're, they're starting to feel better about their life. They're learning about God, learning about Jesus, starting to get into spiritual things. They've got that appetite. They've got that rhythm. And then all of a sudden something happens. And they're like, oh, I've got to take this next step. I've got to make this next choice. God is working inside of me for me to take this next choice. And they're like, Yeah, I'm not doing that. What's the term nowadays people use? Ghosting. Are you ghosting God? Or you just disappear. Poof. If God's got your number and He's text messaging you, do you respond? When When He speaks to your heart, you say, God, you're right. I'm sorry. Let me get back on track. Let me get back to trusting you and doing right. Ghosting God. Doesn't work. God cares and loves you enough. He's not going to let it work out. Peter, I'm not just going to sit there and let you say this because for their sake, By the way, don't think that God doesn't correct you in your life for the sake of other people who are watching you in your walk of faith. Your kids are watching you. Your church is watching you. Your neighbors who know that you're a Christian are watching you. Your unbelieving family that you've told everybody you're a Christian, they're watching you. Your buddies from school. Remember that time you posted that verse on your social? Well, I didn't know you were a a Christian. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian now. Listen, Peter, don't think you can sit there and have a showdown with Jesus because it's not just between you and him. All those other disciples are watching. Jesus cares so much about those others, they're not going to let you be the bad example. He's going to correct you in a loving and kind way. And by the way, he loves you enough He's not going to let you get away with it. What does it say in John chapter 10? John 10. Verse 26 says, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Jesus is saying, I am God. If anybody tries to tell you, Jesus never said he was God. That's right there. He exactly did a hundred percent. Okay? And we know that for several reasons, one of which is the very next verse, verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. They knew that when he said that statement, I and my father are one, he was saying, I am God. I am God's son. That's what Jesus was saying in that moment. And he's saying, I know who my sheep are. I know if you have truly trusted Christ as your savior. And he's not going to let anyone who has truly been born again by the spirit of God to just wander off in your life. He will come and get you. He will come and get you. He'll come and get you with your conscience. He'll come and get you with maybe a word from the pastor or a word from a Christian friend. He'll come and get you. He'll try to um, initially, he'll try to use your internal things, right? You'll feel so awful. The Holy Spirit will convict you. No, don't do that. Don't start wandering away from me. Trust me. I know life is changing, Peter. Trust me with this. Because in every change of life, guys, it's a matter of trust. Can we trust him? You're not really trusting him if you demand that you control your life. A sheep (laughs) does not tell the shepherd what's about to happen. Either he's your Savior or he's not. Either he is the shepherd of your life or he's not. Are you self shepherding, guys? Disappointment, frustration, difficulty. God changed directions just like he did on Peter. Maybe you're fighting him. Maybe there's something inside. You're like, you know what? I'm going to hold on for a little bit longer, hoping that God will come around to my side. Or maybe you're a bit like Jonah, where you know what? I'm done. I'm out. Running away. He is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Any change that God is doing in your life, though it's difficult for us, is for what? It's for your growth. Peter, buddy, I know this change is difficult for you, but when you start demanding that I do what you want me to do and you become the leader, You're no longer on my side. You've not lost your salvation. That's impossible. As the verse said in John chapter 10, we cannot be plucked out of God's hand. But we're no longer growing either. We're no longer growing. If you're not living a life of trust as best as you can by God, with God's help, life of trust in God, I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him. There's a change. Guys, this is the time for change. Oh my word. Right after the pandemic, kind of, sort of. The tide is going out on the pandemic. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. If that's a thing. Guys, look, the pandemic may not be over. We understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Pastor, have you heard something? No, but here's the thing. It, it's happened before. So I've got these plans and God's going to help me with these plans. But then all of a sudden here comes another lockdown or another, another variant. I'm done. I'm done trusting God. I'm done trying it God's way. I don't do that. Don't do that you know what, so what's the right mindset? It's not control, it's grow. (laughs) I'm gonna have a growth mindset. God is putting me in this situation because he just wants me to grow. And he doesn't want me to grow in self in, in, in where I am becoming more dependent and stronger in myself. But he wants me to grow in grace. Grace means I'm growing and depending upon God. I'm growing in my relationship with him. I'm growing in, wow, God's showing me new truth. In this situation in my life, he is leading me through this situation. He is helping me. He's teaching me things and I'm gonna trust him. Every day, my trust is gonna, I'm, I'm gonna renew that. I'm coming to him in a, in a relationship, just like a regular relationship, and I'm going to trust him. Are you growing in Grace. Are you having a standoff with God? I sense the church is going this direction. Are you willing to grow? Your life's going a certain direction. Are you going to grow? Verse 33 says, Mark eight thirty-three. Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Let me explain. Jesus is saying, Peter, the reason why you don't want me to die on the cross, be rejected, die on the cross, and rise from the dead is because You want me to be the Messiah that sets up the kingdom right now on the earth. You've, you've got plans for me. <laughs> Jesus is going to do this for me. He's like, he's saying, you're savoring, you know, savoring, right? It's like, oh, that tastes good. That's what I want. That's what I want to hold on to. He's like, you're savoring the things that be of men. You want me, Jesus is saying, you want God to do this for you and these are your plans that would make your life better. Instead of just trusting me that this is going to go this direction and I'm going to die on the cross and I'm going to rise from the dead. And I've got an incredible future for you. Instead of choosing God's plan, you're choosing your, your plan. We're never going to grow. We're never going to grow. If we're trying to force God into doing what we want. Say, pastor, what's the doctrine of this sermon? Really is the lordship of Christ. If we're going to look at kind of the actual doctrine that we're talking about. Talking about growing in grace, but. We're never gonna grow in grace if we don't recognize that Jesus is the boss here. He's the Lord. Is he the Lord of your life? Oh, pastor, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah, but is he in charge? Like when he leads you and directs you and says, this is what we're gonna do, are you like, okay, yep. Lead on, shepherd. Lead on, shepherd. go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. It's a beautiful, uh, I almost said Psalm. It's a beautiful chapter that describes the future sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Verse four says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all guys listen we live in a we live in a wonderful city we live in an amazing country One of the things that we have to be careful of and cautious of as Christians is the glorification of I'm going to do everything my way. I'm an independent person and you can do that if you want to, but don't force me into doing something I don't want to do. I don't want to. How many times have I heard that? I don't want to do that. Well, thank God we live in a great country that doesn't force us into doing things for the most part that we don't want to do. Nobody wants to pay their taxes, but right. Okay, so we understand, but we're talking about freedom and liberty. That's awesome. But if we're not careful, we'll we'll have that attitude when it comes to God. I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do it. Well, listen, hey, If I'm doing everything I want to do, is God really the one in charge here? It's describing our lost condition where it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. It is natural for us to wander away from God. To wander. And because Christ is the good shepherd He is going to come after us. And when he comes after us in our wandering and saying, I want to go my own way. I don't really want to do that. What is the message he comes to us with? He says, listen, grow in grace. Every time God comes after us, when we want to wander in our own way, instead of going the way he wants us to go, it's an opportunity to grow it's an opportunity to grow let him shepherd you let him shepherd you Matthew 9:36 says but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Christ is my shepherd. He's the Lord of my life. He's the one that leads me and guides me into what is right, what is wrong, what decisions to make, what decisions not to make. We should pray about everything and we should seek God over everything. We should seek to follow him in every situation in life. And what happens to me if I'm not willing to grow in grace? Well, I'm like a shepherd. I'm a sheep without a shepherd. My life is scattered. I'm just, I'm living dangerously. (laughs) Listen, guys, it is God that deals in the hearts of people. But when I see people who normally come to church, everybody look at me, listen. Listen. When I see Christians who normally come to church start skipping church, oh, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this, 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 and this, and because of that. Sunday is the first one. If someone starts missing on Sunday morning, they're not gonna come on a Wednesday. Just for granted. I mean, almost cut in stone. If somebody doesn't come on 11 o'clock worship, they're not going to come at 10. And they start wandering, and I'm watching them, wandering. Now, I can call and I can text, but by that point, honestly, guys, sadly, it's too late. Hey, where you at? What's going on? You okay? Oh, you know, um... The zipper on my coat was a little busted, so I couldn't make it this week. Nobody said that. That's totally made up. Uh, Come on. (laughs) Come on. Next week. You know, I couldn't find my toque. So it's cold. So... Wandering. It's dangerous. What happens when sheep wander? In the wild? Wolves. Goats. Wolves and goats. And then three months later, when they finally come back, they man, do they have baggage? Now I don't know about it. But God does. And I've made this decision and I've made that decision. And I made this friend, and I followed that friend, and I watched that show, and now I'm deep into porn, and I went back to smoking, and now I'm doing drugs, and I've got this old friend, and I've done that, and guilt, and shame, and it's, ah, ah, why did I wander? Listen, friend, you're either going to wander, or you're going to grow. Those are the choices. No, I'm not. I'm doing my own thing. You're not going to do your own thing because when I do my own thing and we do our own thing, you know what we do? We wander. All we see is the little clump of grass right in front of us. And then there's another clump of grass and we go do that thing and we have fun there and we do that thing and we have fun there. And all the while, it's leading us closer and closer and closer to where the wolves hang out. Pastor, what are wolves? False teachers. Idiots on YouTube. YouTube. I've got this verse. I've got this verse. And and this is what's gonna happen. Uh, somebody's trying. I saw this thumbnail of this YouTube preacher. Pastor, what are you wound up for? Guys, listen. I don't wanna see you guys. I don't want to see you guys ravaged by a wolf. The inability to discern what, what is truth. What is safe? No sheep runs their own life. We don't run our own lives. We're all listening to somebody. I'm doing my own thing. No you're not. You're listening to a friend. No you're not. You're listening to some internet guru. No you're not. You're listening to some other thing. No you're not. You're listening to some guilt in the past and that's the voice of Satan. You're not you're not living in victory. And neither am I. This this happened months ago. Something to do with the pandemic, something to do with Meghan Markle, something to do with Harry the Prince, and something to do with the Antichrist. What is happening? What is happening? Pastor, you almost done? I want to be. Let me show you this real quick. 2 Timothy, or sorry, Second Peter. 2 Peter. Chapter 2. Now remember, chapter 3 is grow in grace. That's the end. And really the whole theme of 2 of, of Peter is grow in grace. But you know what the entire chapter 2 is devoted to? False teachers. What are false teachers? Wolves. Wolves. Wolves only get sheep who wander. 2 Peter 2 verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Meaning in Christianity. Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. This is a warning, guys. This has been heavy on my heart for the last couple of weeks. Don't wander. You want to control us. I certainly absolutely do not want that responsibility. There's one person who's qualified to control us. As Christ. That's it. And if we're saved and we've been baptized and we're born again and we know that Christ is our savior, we need to have the mindset, I'm going to grow in grace. God's given us a certain degree of spiritual insight like Peter did. We get some things. You guys are sitting here. That's awesome. You get some things. Oh, none of us get everything. We all get to the point where Peter is where it's like, oh, man. I'm going to start trying to figure this out on my own because God seems to be taking me in a direction here. That just seems like it's not what I signed up for. The mindset is this, grow in grace. Everybody bow your heads, please. Close your eyes, if you would.